Welcome. <clears throat> We've explained many times already that the most common way for the Torah to express the past tense is what is with what is called the the vav hamahapech uh, form, where the Torah uses a verb which is actually a future tense verb, such as vayishlach. Uh, Yishlach really is future tense, but when you put the vav in front of it and you say vayishlach, so it means he sent. And this form I have called the ovar siduri because it indicates a series of actions that are happening in a particular order. And this is used all over the Torah in many, in, in all of the Torah's narratives. There is another form of the past tense which I have uh, in, concocted the name of our Bilti Siduri, the non-consecutive, non-narrative form, where instead of saying Vayishlach, instead uh, the Torah might say Shalach. Um, in, in modern Hebrew, that would simply be a, a simple past tense. And in the Hebrew of, of, the, of the Torah, it's also a past tense, but it is a past tense not in the sense of a consecutive narrative, and it has a number of different senses. One of them is that sometimes it is used in a form called choser umivayer, where the Torah will tell us a sequence of events using the vav hamahapich, using that of our siduri, but then it will kind of go back <clears throat> and clarify and elaborate on a certain point by saying something in the simple past tense or in the of our dilti siduri. We're going to look, in this shear, we're going to look at two places in Parshas Vayichi, one place where the Torah uses this of our built Siduri, it uses this non-narrative past tense, and we will attempt to explain why the Torah did so. In another place, we will look at a, at a Pasuk where it seems that the Torah perhaps should have used the non-narrative uh, verb, but yet it uses a narrative verb, and we will try to explain that also. The content matter here is the brachos that Yaakov gave to Ephraim and Menashe. Yaakov really gave to Ephraim and Menashe, the two children of Yosef, two different sets of brachos. In the first bracha, he had uh, Yosef presented to him Ephraim in such a way that Ephraim would be directly across from Yaakov's um, left hand and Menashe so that he would be directly in front of Yaakov's right hand because Menashe was the Bechor. And apparently, although this is not so easy for us to understand, but apparently somehow the one who was on the right hand side of the of the Mivarech, of the one who was giving the bracha, will somehow get a greater share of the bracha. And Yosef felt that that should go to Ephraim, pardon me, to Menashe, because Menashe was the elder of the two. And very famously, Yaakov crosses his hands and he puts his right hand on the head of Ephraim, his left hand on the head of Menashe, and he gives them a bracha beginning with the words, Amalach HaGoelosi, the, the angel who has always redeemed me, Arim, he shall bless these young men. That's the first bracha that Yaakov gives to them. And a little bit later, in the, in the same, uh, same meeting, he gives another bracha to them, where he also very famously says, Yisrael 
in you, Kalal Yisrael will bless, meaning when a Jew gives a bracha to his children, he will say as follows, Yisimcha Elohim Kefrayim Vichim Nasheh. May God place you, may God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. Let's begin with the first of these two psukim. So again, Yaakov placed Menashe directly in front of Yaakov's right hand, because Menashe is the firstborn. He placed Ephraim directly in front of Yaakov's left hand. But the Pusik tells us, Vayishlach Yisrael is Yimino. Yisrael, meaning Yaakov, stretched forth his right hand, and he placed it on the head of Ephraim, and he was the younger of the two brothers. But Yaakov reached across and put his right hand on the head of Ephraim. And his left hand, he put it on the head of Menashe. Okay. Sikel es Yadav. We'll see in a minute what the word Sikel means. It looks like the word Seichel, and in fact, that's how Rashi is going to explain it. So he moved his hands with Seichel. He moved his hands with intelligence. Ki Because Menashe really was the firstborn. Let's see Rashi. Now, before we see Rashi, we notice that the verb Vayishlach is in the typical narrative form. It's really yishlach is a future tense, but vayishlach turns it into a past, and it has the vav in front, and therefore it, it is referring to a series of events. Uh, it says that Yaakov put this one on this side, and then he put the other one on that side, va, and then everything's in sequence, and then Yaakov switched around his hands, and he put the right hand on this one and the left hand on that one. So vayishlach is a very typical past tense verb in the language of the Torah. However, the next verb in the sentence, Sikel, he acted with, with Seichel, is in the Ovar Bilti Siduri. It is in this other form of the past tense. It's not Vayaskel, but it's just Sikel. He acted with Seichel. So the question is, why? Let's first see Rashi, and then we'll attempt to explain why. Sikel es Yadav, the Rashi says, Kitar we should explain this word according to the Targum, according to the translation of Unkelis, Achkeminhun. He moved them with wisdom. And Rashi explains, Vahaskel v'chachma, with intelligence and with wisdom, Hiskil es Yadav, he moved his hands intelligently. I'm going to read the parentheses. Lechach, he moved his hands with intelligence to do this, which he did. Umidas, and he did it knowingly, because Yaakov knew that Menashe was the Bechor. He wasn't just making some mistake by putting his right hand on Menashe rather than on his right hand on Ephraim rather than on Menashe. No, Yaakov knew that really Menashe is the Bechor. Nonetheless, he did not place his right hand upon Menashe. He acted with wisdom, he acted. Consciously, 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 and knowingly, and with purpose, and he placed his right hand upon Ephraim because he felt that Ephraim should get the stronger bracha. What we can say now, according to this Rashi, is that sikel es yadav. This verb sikel is in the has the meaning of choser umevayer, 
Meaning, when you read about Yishlach Yisrael, that, that Yisrael, that Yaakov stretched forth his hand and he put the right hand in Ephraim and the left hand on Menashe, one might have come away with the impression that this was accidental or maybe he just wasn't in control of his hands. He was a very old man. Or maybe he got mixed up and he thought that the one on his left, Ephraim, was really the Bechor. So therefore, the Torah is choser umevayer. It comes to, to go back, it repeats, and it explains, it makes it very explicit. Sikel es yodav. He moved his hands with wisdom. This is not a new thing. He already did this. But it is choser umevayer. It is going back and explaining that this that he did in the act of vayishlach, he did it with <clears throat> wisdom. This is just a, a classic and simple and strong example of the use of this other bilti siduri, of this non-narrative past tense, in the sense of choser umevayer, that it is really repeating an action that has already been stated, but it's repeating it in order to be moisif biur, in order to add some explanation, some clarification to what was said before. Very simple, I think, and strong um, example, of which there are many. Now we go to a few psukim later, and we read in Perak Memches, Pasik Chof, as follows. Here, Yaakov Avinu is still in the presence of Yosef and Ephraim Menasha, and he's, the Pasik says as follows, And he blessed them on that day, saying, here we have again, Vayivarchem is in the typical narrative past tense verb form. Yivarchem really would mean he will bless them, but Vayivarchem means he did bless them. Vayivarchem Vayemahu Lemor. He blessed them on that day saying, Becha Yivarech Yisrael Lemor. In you, Yisrael will bless, saying as follows. Rashi interprets this to mean that when a, that, um, it will read the, the sh short bit of Rashi here. When a person comes to bless his children, he will bless his children in the blessing that is being given here to Ephraim and Menashe. And each person will say to his son, May God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. So, using you as an example, every Jew will bless his children as follows, saying, that, those words are in quotation marks. Those are the words that every Jew will say to his son when he wishes to bless them. May God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. Now, end quotation. And he placed Ephraim in front of Menashe. Now, this verb, Vayosem, is also in the typical uh, narrative past tense. Yosem really means he will place them, but the vav is mahapech, the vav turns it around. So vayosem means he did place Ephraim in front of Menashe. Uh, the problem that I have, the question that, that I'd like to raise, is that it would seem that this verb, vayosem, really should have been visam, and he placed in the non-narrative past tense, because it would seem that Vayosem es Ephraim Lifnei Menashe is merely a, a retelling. It's just a of what he just did. 
he blessed them and he said, may God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. Now, even though Ephraim is not the Bechor, but Yaakov put Ephraim first. And that's what the Pesach is saying. And he placed Ephraim before Menashe. So it shouldn't be Vayosem, which would, which would be translated as, and then he placed. That would indicate something new happened. But rather, it would seem that the Pesach should have said, Vesam es Ephraim, or even without a vav at all, Sam es Ephraim, lifnei Menashe. He placed Ephraim in, in front of Menashe. In other words, to be choyzer umavayer, to go back and to explain that the order that, the, that is written is not random. Ke Ephraim v'chem Nashe is not just um, equivalent to Menashe and Ephraim. No, it was done specifically in this way. Don't think that it was, that, that the Torah just recorded it randomly. And in fact, there are a number of Mepharshim who explain like that. The Ibn Ezra says, Vayosem es Ephraim, Bedibor Habracha. He says, what does it mean that Yaakov placed Ephraim before Menashe? He placed Ephraim before Menashe in this speech of blessing, in this blessing that he just gave. He put Ephraim before Menashe. Now that is, that means that this phrase, Vayosem es Ephraim lefnei Menashe, is merely repeating and elaborating on what it said already in the first part of the Pesach. Similarly, Rashbam says that when he said, when Yaakov said, may God make you like Ephraim of Menashe, he put Ephraim before Menashe. Again, it's not telling us that anything new happened. It's not telling us about some new thing that Yaakov did. It is a it is just going back and clarifying that when he blessed them, he blessed, he put Ephraim first. Similarly, Radak, Rabbi David Kimchi, he says, Gam bracha, in this bracha also, some ikar habracha Ephraim. He made the main bracha on Ephraim, meaning similar to what we read in Pasigud Dalit, where he gave a certain primacy, a certain special emphasis upon Ephraim. Here too, he also made Ephraim the, the main, more important recipient of this bracha, because he put Ephraim before Menashe. And he said, God should make you like, if everyone should bless their children, that God should make you like Ephraim Menashe. According to all three of these Mepharshim, the phrase is merely elaborating and clarifying that what it says a moment before was bidiyuk, it was exact, it was precise. That Ephraim came before Menashe. You shouldn't think that it's just some random switch of the words. According to all these three Mephoshim, I have a question. My question is, why doesn't it say some es Ephraim lifnei Menashe? Because if it's merely then I think the proper verb form would be the over bilti siduri, the plain past tense, some. I think that Rashi answers this question. Or Rashi, shall we say, avoids this question. Let's take a look at Rashi. He placed Ephraim, says Rashi, in his bracha, he placed Ephraim in front of Menashe, in order to make him first, when it comes to the Degolim, when it comes to the encampments of B'nai Yisrael, 
in the Midbar, there were three Degolim, each Degol consisting of four tribes. And Ephraim was the Nasi of one of the four Degolim. And Ephraim, that encampment included Ephraim, Menashe, and one other Shevet. But Ephraim was first in the Degolim. Uve and in the dedication of the Mikdash, of the Mishkan, that was done by the Nesim, when the Nesim came, the first eight days of the uh, existence of the Mishkan, so the, the, each, uh, each day a Nasi came, each 12 days, pardon me, the first 12 days, each day a Nasi came and brought certain korbanos. So who came first, Ephraim or Menashe? Ephraim's day was before Menashe's day. Rashi is saying here that there are two things happening in this Pesach. One thing is that Yaakov gave a bracha, and he said that when every Jew blesses his children, he should say, may, may God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. That's number one. Number two, he established that Ephraim should come before Menashe in two other matters also. In the matter of the Degolim, when they form themselves into Degolim, Ephraim comes before Menashe. And when the Nesim come, each Nasi, on a, each Nasi gets one day of the process of Chanukah Samishkan. Each Nasi gets one day that it's his day. Whose day comes first, Ephraim's or Menashe's? The answer is Ephraim's day comes first. It comes out that Vayasem es Ephraim, according to Rashi, is telling us something new. It's not a rehash. It's not an elaboration, a clarification of what came before. It's telling us a new thing that Yaakov here established with his uh, Ruach HaKodesh, with his, uh, I don't know by what authority exactly, by his authority as being one of the Ovois of Kla Yisrael, he established these two halachas. That when it comes to the Degolim, Ephraim comes first, and when it comes to the Chanukah Sanasiyim, Ephraim comes first. Since it is telling us something new, so then it is appropriate that it should have the verb form of Vayasem. And then he placed. First, he blessed them with this very nice bracha. And then he did something else. He established Ephraim. He established that Ephraim should come before Menashe in certain other matters as well. So according to Rashi, it is uh, very understandable why the Torah here said by Yosem and not some. I'd like to discuss a, a question, which is not necessarily a question on Rashi. It's, it's more of a question on the Pusik itself, a very basic and important question. And that is, how do we understand this bracha that Yaakov gave to Ephraim and Menashe? The bracha is that whenever a Jew blesses his children, he will say to them, may God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. Why not may God make you like Avram and Yitzchak? Why not may God make you like certain other Sadiqim? Um, the Nitziv, who is one of those who raises this question, he says, um, if for some reason uh, Yaakov wanted to say, may God make you like some of the most important of my grandchildren, there were other grandchildren who were very important. You have Peretz and Zerach, who are the, uh, the, uh, the ancestors of Mashiach. Um, why specifically Ephraim Umenasha. So the Nitziv explains as follows. And in his explanation, as we will see, he really connects the two psukim that we are talking about here, that we have discussed. He explains 
that Ephraim and Menashe represent two different paths in Avedis Hashem, in serving Hashem. Ephraim was a Talmud Chacham. He was a Torah scholar. He was a very uh, spiritual person. He was uh, outstanding in his, in his prayers, in his Torah, in his spiritual personality. He was an outstanding spiritual personality. Menashe represents what the Nitziv calls Halichos Eilam, the goings of the world. Oseik Bitzorachet Siba, somebody who busies himself with the needs of the congregation. He was, let's say, not, um, not the rabbi of the congregation, but he was the president of the congregation, which is, in some ways, just as important. It's certainly equally necessary. I mean, there's no rabbi in Talmud Chacham of the congregation if there's no congregation, if the people are all starving to death or scattered or there's no money to have a place, to, to a shul in which to meet, in which to, in which to meet with the Talmud Chacham. Both things are very necessary to the existence of Chal Yisrael. We need people who are outstanding in their spirituality. We need people who are certainly... Uh, spiritual and and and, and uh, exemplary in their spirituality, but their real strength is in their ability to to organize and to keep the community together, and and to act as as temporal leaders of of Klai Yisrael. Ephraim was the Talmud Chacham, Menashe was the Oisek B'Tzorchet Sibor. The Nitziv has certain proofs to this. I would like to mention here two proofs that he doesn't mention. But they're in Rashi. So since this is a Shear on Rashi, I'm going to discuss where we can see this idea in Rashi. In Perik Memches, Pasik Aleph, right at the beginning of this parsha. Let's take a quick look at the Pasik. It says that uh, somebody came to Yosef. It says, Yosef. It doesn't say who said, somebody said to Yosef. Behold, your father is ill, meaning your father Yaakov is uh, coming close to his demise. And therefore Yaakov took his two sons with him, as Menashevi as Ephraim. He wanted Yaakov to bless them before he passed away. Rashi here says, He said to Yosef. So first Rashi says, it's a Mikra Kotsar. This is a Pasuk that is missing a word, meaning it doesn't mention. Who said to Yosef? Somebody said to Yosef. However, Rashi says, V'yesh Omrim Ephraim. Some say that who was this person who told Yosef about Yaakov's declining health? It was Ephraim. And why was it Ephraim? For Yaakov Because Ephraim was accustomed to being with Yaakov for Talmud, for, for the study of Torah. Ephraim was always, quote-unquote, hanging out with his grandfather, Yaakov, in order to learn Torah. When Yaakov became ill, back in the land of Goshen, so So then Ephraim went to his father, who was in the main part of Mitzrayim. He was uh, somewhere probably near the king's palace. And he told his father that uh, grandpa is very ill. So here we see that Ephraim was he was a a Torah scholar. We find in another place in Rashi, we find back in Parshas Miketz, 
when the brothers are are caught, they they they're caught that uh, the, their money was returned in their in their sacks. They, they think they're going to be accused of being thieves, and they're caught with uh, the Yosef's uh, goblet is in is in Binyamin's sack. They're going to be accused of stealing the goblet. So they started to lament their situation, and they said, "Oh, it's all because of what we did to our brother Yosef." And the Pesach says that they were speaking, and Rashi explains, they were speaking there in Hebrew, in L'Shayn HaKadosh, and they were speaking out loud because they figured that this Yosef, this Safnas Paneach, this viceroy to the king of Egypt doesn't understand them. He's not going to understand Hebrew. The Pesach says, however, Yosef did understand. Obviously, Yosef understood Hebrew. Why did they think that he didn't understand Hebrew? Because there was a Melitz, there was a translator in between them. Every time they spoke to Yosef, they would speak in Hebrew, and there was a translator who would translate it into Egyptian for, for Safnas Paneach. So they, uh, they would, would speak very openly in Hebrew. They weren't afraid that, that, that Yosef would, would understand them right away. If they would speak quietly on the side, they figured the translator wouldn't translate. Rashi there says, who was this translator? Who was Yosef's official translator? Ze Menashe. Rashi says it was Menashe. So we see here, like what the Nitziv says, that Menashe was uh, more of a uh, political uh, expert. He was a, the official court translator for Yosef. And just like he excelled in that role, he uh, would also excel in, in other roles of handling official matters. So the Nitziv uh, seems to say, he doesn't make it 100% clear to, to my mind, but what I think he's saying is, is that why did Yaakov bless, why did Yaakov say that when everyone, when any person, when any Jew blesses his children, he should say, may God make you like Ephraim and like Menashe, he's saying that you should be one of these two. You should be either like, or really you should be like both. You should be like Ephraim, who is the Torah scholar and the the, the 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 spiritual person, or you should be like Menashe, who is perhaps not as outstanding in Torah and in spirituality, but he's outstanding in his Avas Yisrael, and he is outstanding in helping the Tzibor, helping the community of Klal Yisrael. And that's why this is the, the blessing that we should give to every child. And the Nitziv says, that we can understand now, Pasuk Yudalit. We can understand the first blessing that Yaakov gives to Ephraim and Menashe, where he crossed his hands so that his right hand would be on the head of Ephraim, his left hand on the head of Menashe. Now, there's a question here. The question is, if Yaakov knew who, which son, who everyone was, he knew Ephraim is really, he knew Menashe is really the Bechor. But he knew that he really wanted to give the bracha, the bigger bracha to Ephraim. So why did he have to cross his hands? He could have said, okay, excuse me, uh, sonny boy, Yosef, put them the other way around. I want Ephraim directly across from my right hand. I want Menashe directly across from my left hand. He didn't have to do this switch over. But the Nitziv says that Yaakov didn't want to totally favor Ephraim. 
to have Ephraim directly across from his right hand, that and to have Menashe directly across from his left hand, that would be to totally emphasize Ephraim over Menashe. And Yaakov didn't want to do that because Ephraim is not greater than Menashe in all aspects. He's greater in Torah. He's greater perhaps in his Ruchnius, but he's not greater in his Asik Petzorchet Seaborn. He's not greater in his Avis Yisrael than in his ability to organize Kla Yisrael. He's not greater. In, in that sense, Menashe is greater. Now it's true that which greatness is the greater greatness? Apparently, Torah. Because he wanted to give the primary bracha that comes through his right hand, he wanted to give to Ephraim. But it's not that that's the only gedula. There's a gedula also of being an Oisek Mitzorche Sibor. And therefore, when Yaakov presented them with Menashe towards Yaakov's right hand and Ephraim towards Yosef, uh, Yaakov's left hand, he didn't ask that the two sons be switched. Instead, he switched his hand because his right hand he put on Ephraim to indicate that the areas in which Ephraim excels are ultimately have the primacy, the area of Torah and Ruchnias. But he wanted Menashe to be on his right side because there's also something very important about what Menashe does, which is to organize the Klai Yisrael and to care for Klai Yisrael. That is also of very high importance. And therefore, um, this we can we can add a new a new nuance into the phrase in the Pusik, Sikel es Yadov, that he switched his hands with wisdom, meaning he didn't switch the bodies of Ephraim and Menashe, he didn't move them, he rather with Chachma, with intelligence, he switched only his hands in order that Ephraim also gets something very important. Ephraim, uh, not Ephraim, that Menashe also should have a great position of importance, that he is standing across from Yaakov's right hand. It's interesting to note another explanation of Sikelis Yadov from the Chizkuni. The Chizkuni looks at this as an uh, ethical, interpersonal point. The Chizkuni explains that although Yaakov wanted to give the greater bracha to Ephraim, for whatever reason, perhaps the Nitzv's reason, perhaps some other reason. Rashi gives certain reasons, but for whatever the reason is, Yaakov wanted to give the better bracha, the stronger bracha, to Ephraim, but he didn't want to insult Menashe. If he would switch the two boys, the two young men, and Menashe would be standing on the left and, and getting Yaakov's left hand, he, he would feel kind of left out. I'm second rate. But since he only switched his hands, so although Ephraim got the right hand, but Menashe still felt he's important because he got Yaakov's right side. And therefore, in order not to, uh, to insult Ephraim, Yaakov was seek el He guided his hands with wisdom, and he did it in this way.